You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm back, back in the New York Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Mike? Uh, Grump, on injured reserve, had finally had my surgery last week. It's uh, The wing is, you could see, is pretty banged up, but I'm starting to feel a little better. I'm going to try to do this without the benefit of Oxy tonight, so let's see how much pain I'm in. If not, I'll just start to start banging some out and you'll get some loopy commentary. Yeah. I don't know if that would have been better or worse, a better or worse (laughs) show. It could have been, I don't know. That could have been highly entertaining. It might've even been more intelligent. Who knows? Well, judged by the hate mail I get, it probably would have been a good thing. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so this is probably one of the biggest weeks, uh, I guess you would say throughout for the, for any non season portion of the year. Uh, Final preseason game ended, Jets 31, Giants 27, and now all that remains is for, let's see, 27 guys to be fired, essentially, from every team? Well, we have to get to a number that means that we'll have people leaving this team, and and just as importantly, people joining this team after, but that number has to be 85, so a lot of moving vans coming and going. What's that? It has to be 53. 53. Yes. What did I say? 85. Well, those, those non-oxies are already kicking in, folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Strap yourself in. In times it. past, I believe that there was like some early right. cut down or something like that to 85. I don't remember anymore. Right, right. Now right, it's right. to 80 and now it's all the way to 53. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But Correct. point is uh, that is in full swing right now. By tomorrow mm-hmm. at – or but by the time you're hearing this, by today at 4 p.m., um, the Giants will be cut down to 53-man roster. And in a show of, I guess, this I mean, yeah, this is a show of class, right? Brian Dable told the press today that he would tell the players who are being cut prior to practice tomorrow that they are being released. I think that's, uh, you know, something. This is a league where, you know, you shouldn't burn bridges and you never know who you're going to work with down the line. You'll never know who you'll need down the line. Whether, you know, Brian Dable in four years from now might be the head coach of Houston. And yep. he might want a running back that he let go early for a practice squad or something. And, you know, why burn that bridge now and give that guy another opportunity? So I think it's a it's a classy move from a team. It's desperately trying to put the class back in his reputation. Yeah. So we will know. I don't know what time practice is tomorrow, but I have a feeling that we will know through beat reporters and whatever. Uh, pretty much down to 55, 56 guys who it is before 4 p.m. We'll find out for sure at 4 p.m. And then for the next week is going to be a mad scramble around the NFL as players are signed to new teams, moved around, etc., signed to practice squads, clear waivers, etc. It's going to be kind of crazy. I don't think we're going to get too involved in the thick of it. I think we'll just kind of wait for the smoke to clear and then kind of go from there. Unless something major happens, which I don't think is going to happen. Well, let me ask you something, Grump. You know, we got to get to 53 how many more guys besides 53 really should be checking their phones for the Turk to come because of, you know, let's say a tight end becomes available from a cut from another team that we'd want to bring in and that guy may be out. Would you say it's probably 
five to seven guys on this roster who might survive the 53 but may not be here in 48 hours from now? Easily, easily five to seven. I would say more than that. So I did, and we're going to get to it in just a moment. I did my 53-man roster projection after re-watching the game late last night. Um, and when I did it, I found myself, obviously, as you always do, a toss-up between this player added to this team position group or, or this guy over here and and making choices that aren't one-to-one, right? Like I'm not comparing mm-hmm. this DB or that DB. It's do I get an extra DB or the extra edge guy or whatever. All of those guys that I felt like could be cut and swapped for another guy from another roster or for another guy on this team, I highlighted all of them in red and it was more than seven. I can tell you that much. Right. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, yes. And the Giants already started the day off by making roster moves. O-lineman Josh Rivas was cut. Safety Yusuf Corker was cut. Ryan Santoso, the kicker punter. Keelan Doss and Travis Toivonen, wide receivers. Elijah Griffin, the DB, and Eric Smith, the tackle. Those guys were all cut already today. So there's another 20 coming uh, in less than 24 hours. So by the time you're hearing this in like, I don't know, like eight hours. Exactly. Um, before we get into more of the cuts, um, I want to go back to preseason for a second. Let's do that. Um, you know, I think one of the best things we really came out of preseason relatively healthy, right? Would you say so? I mean, no, you know, we had, <laughs> besides the offensive line, I guess that guys like Shane Lemieux, but I mean, for the most part, how do you, how, how, how comfortable do you feel coming out of it with the Nixon cuts that we did get horrible? You feel horrible? I do. I guess because I know I again the, the offensive line was the big concern. Um, I don't know. I kind of felt. I like, mean, it felt like it could have been worse. Oh, of course, it could always be worse. But I mean, yeah. Uh, you look at Rodarius Williams isn't playing, and we'll we'll go through these guys and what they mean. But Rodarius right. Williams not getting like any snaps this this summer. Kadarius Tony got basically no snaps this summer. Um, yeah, but, but but I guess let me reframe my question then. I guess. Guys got banged up, you know, during camp. But Kadarius Tony's most likely going to be ready when, when the, you know, when the season starts. I'm talking about guys that we just lost for the year. Colin um, Johnson uh, was more ill-timed than I would say important. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think Colin Johnson is going to be like a, a motherfucker in this league or anything. But this year, seriously, could have used him. Darian Beavers, I think, is. Another one that's like, I don't think he's going to be Ray Lewis, but for this year and on this defense and what it meant for a rookie coming in, I think it was a big deal. Andre Miller's the same way. These were things that I think affected the team more than it, I, I don't know. But, 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 but I mean, there's there's guys that aren't on IR that are, you know, Graham Gano getting a concussion, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, wrecking his MCL for a couple weeks, Aziz Ojalari getting hurt in the one game that he did play but the, in. But those guys will be back. Of again. course they'll all be back, but for... If, about, if the I'm goal in preseason is to not get hurt, the Giants failed. Yeah, I'll but say everybody that gets hurt. I mean, I, you know, everybody yeah, has injuries. Come on, no. though. You're talking. Both edge rushers got nicked up. Right, but, but they'll be available pretty, relatively shortly. Yeah, but I'm not week about, one. But not week one. They're they're out week one already. I, but I'm talking about like this could have been uh, you no, know, fearing the worst of a, a preseason of guys we're losing significant players for significant weeks, if not the whole season. I think we. We survived that. We got back. I guess up. If, it, if it's not a 10 on the Richter scale like you're describing, it's still somewhere around like a six. For a team that couldn't really afford anyone to miss any time, a bunch of starters didn't even get to do anything in the preseason. But I guess if we go, how much worse than other teams? I guess it goes back to the turf in, um, discussion we had last I think week. I think it's worse than most other I would say that the Giants are in like 
if there's one team that got affected more, I'd be I wouldn't be shocked. But two, I would be pretty surprised. There were two teams that got more hurt than the Giants in preseason. All right, I, I yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, again, no, they weren't devastating. I mean, not everybody got knocked out for the year, but to not have either one of your edge rushers ready for Week One when they were both healthy beforehand, that sucks. That sucks. It's huge. Uh, I mean, like. Wide receivers, the starting five wide receivers are going to be Kenny Galladay, who is healthy, mm-hmm. uh, but Kadarius Tony, who hasn't been, Sterling Shepard, who hasn't been, Wandale Robinson has. Yeah, yeah but Sterling Shepard was was injured before. You can't blame that on preseason. I mean, I'm not going to blame it on preseason, but he's still he's a starter. He's still a starter, whether mm-hmm. that happened this year or last year. They didn't enter the season like. The fact that they're relying on him to be a starter, again, maybe because of the Colin Johnson injury, uh, and Sterling Shepard is still hurt from the year before, they, they simply didn't enter the regular... They didn't end the preseason even remotely on the good side of healthy. Uh, was it as bad as it could have been? No, but but also, I mean, what what is the where, where is the sliding scale for a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs anyway for how bad it could have been? What difference does it make if you're thinking that way? I'm thinking... I'm thinking a, a couple of offense, uh, offensive linemen out for significant chunks of the year. Starting the season on IR, for sure. I'm thinking Daniel Jones getting hurt. I'm thinking, guys, we have the biggest question marks on this team not being here. Who could be the biggest impact guys? I mean, Saquon Barkley's fine. Daniel Jones is fine. Andrew Thomas is is fine as he's going to be. You know, Evan Neal is fine. McKinney is fine. McKinney Jackson's is fine. fine. I mean, the... the, the the backbone of this team, the, the the core of this team right now is in relatively healthy spirits going into the season. And that to me is, you know, a lot of these other guys, yeah, Colin Johnson, that sucks. But again, what is he really? Yeah, no, I, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, like if, if someone were to straight up ask me like, oh, do the Giants get it, make it out of the preseason without getting relatively here? I'd be like, no, nah, not really. Um, I mean, and part of that is, you know, some of those guys are going to play week one, but like Guys like John Feliciano missing like a whole weekend of practice uh, just from dehydration and then and then misses more time later. Like, yeah, he's going to start week one, but he missed critical time. And I don't really know the health capacity that he's even in to start the season. Like mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. might be questionable to start the year already. So, yeah, he's not on IR, but he's not healthy either. He's just not – he's just available to play. But right. regardless – right, yeah. so. Um, do we want to talk anything about this game in particular? Um, a couple things I have of note, particularly with this game and not, you know, everything else. I, Other than Tyrod Taylor getting, you know, knocked out pretty early and it kind of affected what they, I think, wanted to do with him. No, 100% kind of, they did because yeah. Davis Webb played like three quarters of this game. Right. And um, what did you think I, of Webb versus Taylor? Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor is a proven guy in this league who can be a, a very capable backup. Uh, is Davis Webb a proven capable backup in this league? I mean, no, no. That's it. That's the difference. And again, we're not we're not saying either of these guys, you know, should they be the starting quarterback of this team? The question is going to be, we are all PTSD from last year, and we don't want the the all the wheels to fall off this team if our starting quarterback goes down. I think um, I think what you see is just a guy who knows the offense pretty well, and like playing a bunch he, of, he, he's playing with a bunch of scrubs, so you can see he's he's not giving a fuck. Like he's slinging shit sidearm, and it's playing, working. But he's playing with a bunch of scrubs against a bunch of scrubs too mm-hmm. in both games he's played in. I mean, I think he's done a nice job. He's the king of the scrubs, but 
I think um, I think he I think he did well. I mean, like he did things that I didn't think he was very good at, like escaping the pocket. He looked very good doing. Uh, again, though, the difference between him and Tyrod Taylor is Tyrod Taylor that the play in which he got injured on was actually a really good play by him. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've been fairly critical of him, um, whatever. But I mean, that play he broke outside of the pocket. He kept his eyes downfield. You know, and 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 he hit. Uh, I think it was Daniel Bellinger, and it was like a huge play. It was like 20-plus yards. He got he, – he even – you know, he took a huge shot on that play too. He stood right up for that. Now, of course, on the flip side, he also broke the pocket on an earlier play and threw one of the worst interceptions I've seen in a while. So he's uh, making the team in your in your list, right? Not to jump ahead. Tyrod Taylor? Davis Webb. Yes, he's making my team, but it was not an easy decision for me to make. Agreed. Um, uh, do you want – should we just get right into that? Um, yeah, because I think the points we want to talk about from the game, I think we can incorporate into our, uh, position breakdown. So do you want me to just start with the quarterbacks and just run through my list? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Well then I went ahead and I kept all three. I think that, you know, I think that Brian Dable and Joe Shane brought Davis Webb in here to install an offense and get everything, um, you know, communicated across all players here on the offense especially Daniel Jones and you know as we get past the preseason now they can install the nuances of everything uh what, what did you think I think these are two quarterbacks that could have the potential for getting injured <laughs> I, I, and I just don't think they want to go through a situation like they did last year I mean Daniel Jones has not been healthy a whole season yet uh Tyrod Taylor you know we saw the hit he took he's already hurt he's already hurt so we don't know for sure what, what what the story is. And I just think that, uh, okay, they put him on the non-active roster, and that's a roster spot. But I think it's an insurance policy. We don't want to make this thing get out of control. And I think that's just, you know, an insurance policy for doing it. So I'm fine with the three quarterbacks. Um, I kept all four running backs, Saquon Barkley, Antonio Williams, Matt Breda, Gary Brightwell. Okay. Um. I struggle with this one because Saquon Barkley, we know, is going to be heavily featured in this offense. Antonio Williams has been his replacement. But Matt Breda, we haven't seen for like a month. <laughs> uh, seriously, how long has it been? You know what it was? It was that one day we went to practice and he had that long touchdown. It's like he just ran off. We never saw him again. Jesus, it's been so long. I don't even remember that. Yeah, he had that long touchdown at the, the far side when we were sitting in the bleachers across from us. Going oh, the long yeah. way? Is that him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. I didn't know it was him. Well, either way, um, you know, Matt Breda came into this game, and, and he was gone for a really long time. We were excited to see him, and he comes into this game. And, you know, I, I don't really know. He certainly looked very fast, and he, but he just didn't seem to be hitting the holes really well, or I'm not really sure what it was. I just feel like there were a few times he either missed a cutback or ran right into his blocker or something like that. Um, on the flip side, I think Gary Brightwell is a guy who I wasn't high on since the moment we drafted him. Um, and it looks like he made the most of his opportunities at running back. Uh, on top of that, he plays all four special teams units, and he looked probably like the only one that can return kicks for this team um, in, in the wake of C.J. Board's injury. But I think he even kind of looked better than C.J. Board. So I struggled with this one back and forth, but ultimately I'm just going to go with all four here because I think they want to keep Breda. What, what do you think? I have Brightwell out and I have Corbin in, and I know he's a knoll, but here's my philosophy. And nine times out of ten, I want the four best guys. And to me, you know, Brightwell is probably better. But 
if I'm looking at a year where we're really kind of pinching pennies and we're thinking about salary and roster construction, not this year, but the year after, I mean, is it really that much of a difference between Brightwell and Corbin? I mean, noticeable difference. To me, there really isn't that, a significant difference that to me, I'm taking the guy that's a little younger. Just so I have, you know, who knows in two years, it'll probably be a distant memory as well, but I like to have a little more flexibility with my roster thinking down the line where does the fourth running back really matter for this team right now? So that was my only reason why I had him over Brightwell. It's not a reflection of who's better or not. It's just thinking of a little more big picture. Um, I think Corbin did a pretty good job while he was here, and I, I can see what you're saying. To me, though, I think he didn't do enough for people around the league to notice him. So I think if you're thinking ahead, he's the guy you can stash on his practice squad, uh, develop him, and see how he's doing in the middle of the year. Maybe he takes an active roster spot due to injury or something. But he's more likely to slip through waivers than Brightwell. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think as far as age goes, I think – they're both pretty young. They might be like a year apart or something like that. So it's kind of splitting hairs with who's younger here. But but to, to your point, though, I think you could go either guy here. Um, I had Brightwell in red uh, as well as Davis Webb, so that made them a roster bubble guy anyway. Yeah, again, we're not talking about the backup running back, and it's just like a tough decision to make between two guys. This is We're going deeper down the, you know— deeper down the, the, down the pike looking at this, and that was my only thinking for that. Okay, um, is it time to go over the wide receiver group? Sure. Um, okay, with wide receiver, I went with seven. That's kind of a lot. Okay. But I think that speaks more to the lack of talent than you'd think. Um, also, this is done with two players in the red, so the roster bubble guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got Galladay, Tony, and Shepard, and then... Wandale and Richie James on the inside. Um, now, with guys like Galladay and Tony and Shepard as the main guys on the outside, uh, there's a pattern with those guys on the outside, and that pattern is an extensive injury history. So you need to add more guys on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys on the inside I feel pretty comfortable with, and, and quite frankly, Shepard might be more of an inside guy than an outside guy. So I felt compelled to add two more outside guys behind there. And Slayton is one, uh, and the other that I have is Sills. I think that you could uh, you could choose Bachman if you wanted to, but in either case, I think that other guy, Sills or Bachman, is a guy on another well, roster. Let- those are sort of the bottom of the wide receiver depth chart. Let's talk about two guys that have had a lot of the um, the attention this whole training camp about, you know, will they be on this team or not and effort and things. Let's, let's start with Kenny Galladay and let's talk about the, the, you know, specifically the one play that's been highlighted. I know Bobby over Talking Giants uh, clipped it and it, it got a bunch of run. Um, his lack of effort for a, a downfield block. And what does that represent? What does that mean? And it's led to a whole discussion that people have been kind of thinking about and now are outwardly saying. What are you asking me? Should he should he be on this roster going forward? Should they just cut their losses and just get rid of them? Cut their losses and just get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <laughs> cutting their losses would be like taking a bigger financial hit this year. He's not, he's uncuttable. He's untradeable this year. That just is that, that is the deal that we have him on. Um, and you can be mad about it if you want, but it won't change anything. Um, Kenny Galladay is a, 
you know, I, I think he's a veteran guy that maybe is not trying the hardest in preseason games or something like that. But, you know, there's reasons for fans. I get it. There's reasons to not uh, be happy with Kenny Galladay. He came here last year for a lot of money. There was a lot of excitement and kind of embodied the whole season where he just didn't really do anything, score any touchdowns. And you start this year, he's still kind of not. Yep. Um, but... You know, I will be concerned when it's the regular season. You know, I like how we say, uh, you know, like like 99% of, of Giants fans said that they weren't going to overreact to preseason this year. And I would say 80% or so are now overreacting to everything. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say overreacting to everything. But, you know, Kenny Galladay, he's a veteran guy. He's been around a while. We've seen the talent that he has, um, you know, in, in Detroit. We see what he can do. Um, there's really nobody else on the team that can do what he does. David Sills can't. Um, you know, I'll wait. And well, see. I, I want, and I want to take it a step further. Uh, that play specifically. Again, we all watch these preseason games through the lens of being fans. And I know we have this show, but look, we're fans. That's, that's what we are. We have no idea what conversations were said, you know, during practice in wide receiver meetings. You know, this is our, you know, Kenny Holiday is making a lot of money, a lot of money. And if he goes down in preseason for something as meaningless as like a downfield block in a game three of a meaningless game, you know, and the season potentially, you know, as much as people don't like him, he is our wide receiver one right now. So it as a bad look. The optics are bad for a guy who's already, you know, the shit's flowing downhill with him as it is. But how do we know we weren't told, he wasn't told by the coaching staff, you know, we don't need 130% out of you in these games. You are you're you have your roster spot. You have your starting spot. We have expect things from you. This is going to happen from you. and But unfortunately, we all see it. And we're looking for any little bits of information. We're trying to validate what we believe. We're trying to prove wrong what we don't want to believe. And it just looks awful. I mean, I, I, I put that play almost in the similar tech context as the kneel down on third down last year is where fans are judge and jury over something that in the, the grand scheme of things doesn't mean that much. And I put this exactly in the same thing. Um, you're right. Kenny Dolliday has to put up or shut up when the regular season starts. We can't have no show performances. We can't have him dropping balls or short arming balls, alligator arming uh, passes short of a first down, not getting to the sticks. Um, but if you look at the stats this preseason, is it his fault? He's only been targeted like six or seven times. That sounds to me like that's something a quarterback is needs to be targeting. It's not on him to get the targets. So well, I, um, that just feeds into what the, you know the common criticism there is that he is not a guy who gets a lot of separation. He's the contested catch, big big body guy. And, you know, there's there's debate about whether or not that that, that value for that kind of guy around the league is, um, you know, what we paid him. But I, I'm going to wait for the regular season. I, I swear to God, Grump, if I was NFL commissioner, not only would preseason games not be, you know, open to the public, I wouldn't have been on TV. I mean, all right. All right. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to go on a mini rant. Here yeah. About about preseason here. Nobody knows what preseason is for, and it is not for your entertainment. It, it, I know that they charge you money and that they televise it, but it is not for your entertainment. 
you know, it is for only a few things, and it's to make sure that the entire procedure works. The game, the officiating, everything. Um, the, the, the other night, Al Michaels was, was blowing a gasket because in the fourth quarter of some preseason night game that he's covering, they were trying to get the correct spot of the ball or see if there was a fumble or something, and he's complaining about how they're wasting time. And it's like, that's not what this is for. I'm sorry. that Al Michaels' problem is that he doesn't like his job, apparently, which is to call the game. And this game has to function the same way as any other game. They need to make sure that they get the call right in the fourth quarter of a stupid preseason game so that when it comes time in the regular season, there is no screw-up. I mean, this is common sense. This is what it's for. It's not for you. Right. Exactly. I mean, winning or losing is absolutely the last thing that's important to this. It's about getting your roster ready for that 53 for when week one starts. You know, the secondary important thing importance is losing its luster, getting your team actually ready because how much the starters are rested and everything. I mean, back in the old days, there used to be five, six, seven preseason games, which were done to get your team ready to play when the regular season started. So it just, I almost don't even like talking about preseason games. I barely watched them. I mean, this is the first game I went to in 21 years of living back here in New York. That tells you the importance I think of it. I think, you know, the coaches, the general manager, the, the the front office, they had a job to do during these preseason games is to evaluate who's going to start, who's their backup, who's on this roster, who's on practice squad. You know, maybe on the other side, who might be a practice squad pickup we can get from another team or something. That's the goal. So don't bitch about what you see because you're not in the in the rooms. You're not the you know. Okay, you know. You don't know what the scripted plays are. You don't know what they're trying to, to figure out, what they're not trying to figure out, all these different things. So end of my rant as, as well. Let's go on with the regular season. Okay. So the tight end group, and, and I think I screwed this one up on my projection here. Uh, this is probably – they should go three here because they're just so weak. I only have them as two, and this is probably the additional roster spot that I gave to Sills or something like that. But, you know, Bellinger, he's the main guy. Chris Myrick is – He's all right, but they, they should keep Tanner Hudson. I, they should keep Tanner Hudson, the, the guy that they just signed. They're going to need something else to help out this group, and uh, he looked okay. I have Bellinger, Myrick, and Hudson also, but I also have it in note. Other tight ends will join team later. So this they're kind of written in pencil, uh, Myrick and Hudson. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good point, and uh, you're, you're totally right. You know, I'm moving – I guess I'm de facto moving some guys around on my pro- my, mm-hmm. my project here, but you know Slayton and Sills they're they're in red. So if I if I move a guy over here to be Tanner Hudson, he would be in red as well. Hey, I, I, one thing I wanted to mention: other wide receiver I want to talk about is Darius Slayton, and, and I've been a big negative guy for Darius Slayton for you know a couple of years now, and I had him as kept because I I still look at this as you know everybody wants him gone, but. I still feel like he's got talent and he's got, you know, he's got something more than what, you know, the bottom of this roster potentially offers a higher upside. And I think for right now, I think, you know, again, while this team is not playoff contention worthy, I think we try to get as much as we can out of Darius Slayton before we decide enough is enough and we're done. I mean, the jury's out with me, but it seems like that a lot of coaching staffs are still very intrigued by him. So that's why I kind of had him still on, on the roster as opposed to getting cut. Like a lot of people want and, I wouldn't be opposed to it myself either. 
I just feel like he's not getting cut unless somebody better is available. Yeah, that, that's kind of my that's my thing. It's like you when you get rid of a guy like him, who's replacing him? He's got to be at least as good, if not better. And there's no guarantee of that coming out. So just to get rid of him and say, you know, enough, he he dropped a pass here and there and he's just, you know, inconsistent. You better have somebody to fill his shoes or you're going to have a downgrade because he's him. He's going to be relied on pretty heavily on this offense, I think, especially, you know, with guys like um, Kadarius. You know, you don't know what his health's going to be from week to week, and he might have more of a role than you would like him to have. So I thought about this one long and hard and I decided to keep him, although I am not a fan. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that he stays. Um, but again, he he's still on thin ice, and I think if a better wide receiver shakes loose or something that they think fits better, I think they'll go with totally, that instead. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, offensive linemen, we know the starting five, Lemieux, I'm, I'm counting as part of the starting five. I don't know about you. Me too. My backups, I've got four. Okay. And right now, the two guys I have in, I guess, Penn would be Josh Azudu and Ben Bredesen. Azudu mm-hmm. uh, is a draft pick. Ben Bredesen has looked pretty decent. They traded for him, you know, whatever. But uh, in red, I have Max Garcia as a mm-hmm. backup center and Devery Hamilton as the backup tackle. This team has no backup tackle. I'll say that right now. There's no backup tackle on this team. Devery Hamilton looked dreadful on the outside. He did, however, look really good on the inside the week before. And I was singing his praises. I was I, I thought they found a diamond in the rough that could that could be depth in, in inside and the outside. I was like, whoa, this is actually sick. Uh, but he looked terrible on the outside uh, against the Jets ones. And I know it's against the ones, but still if he's got to be the backup tackle, he's the first guy off the fucking bench. So he's got to be able to hang with the ones and he can't. So they, uh, Bobby actually said this and I, I agree with it. This is more than just waiting to see what shakes loose. I think they need to sign a veteran at the minimum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you might've you know broke into my file this morning. Cause I have the exact same scenario you do. I have Garcia and Hamilton and I have need another guy from somewhere. So, yeah, again, I, I got to say this or a signing. I'll say this. Depending on Lemieux, if Lemieux can. No, actually, it doesn't depend on Lemieux. I think if Ben Bredesen is healthy mm-hmm. enough to be a backup center and there's a better backup tackle around the league that that shakes free. I think it's Garcia that goes and Hamilton that stays because Hamilton is younger. Mm-hmm. I think they like what they have with him developmentally, but he is certainly not ready to be the first tackle off the bench. He will get crushed. I mean, like that first play of the game, I'm pretty sure he was just barreled into Tyro Taylor's lap. Right. Well, was it Andrew Wentworth was uh he's being interviewed. Yeah, I, I guess he's a he's on NFL Network or something now and they asked him if you gotten any calls. He's like, "Uh, eh, maybe." <laughs> he might be somebody. Yeah, you know what? And then there was like a lot of talk about that because uh, everyone assumes that it was Dallas that's been calling, and uh, that would they just be, lost a left tackle. That would be tampering. Um, yeah, uh, I think Pro Football Talk got into it with him, and then he got all defensive, saying like, "I didn't really say that," but like you read the transcript, and it really sounds like he's saying I saw the that it's, it's he's saying I'm getting a lot of calls that could be from friends whatever so it wouldn't really be tampering but he really made it sound like he was getting calls from organizations I saw the inter- I saw it live and it was kind of a little tongue in cheeky like well you know I'm getting some calls and yeah. it was like oh but you know he wouldn't have brought it up to say that if he knew he isn't he a guy in the players union like isn't he like a player rep 
I wouldn't be surprised. He's been around for a million years. They tend to be. My point being, if he is or he's been around forever, he knows what you can and can't say. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. He's got to be careful, though. If he if he sure. wants to be on TV, he can't say shit like that. Exactly. You should know that. So Yeah. Flipping to the defense. Uh, this will be fairly quick, I think. Um, yeah. would, should we just go all DBs, or do you want to split them up corners and safeties? Uh, let's go uh, corners and safeties. Corners, I have on the outside, Adoree Jackson, Aaron Robinson, Cordell Flott. And then in red, I have Rodarius Williams and Darren Evans. In the nickel, I have uh, Darnay Holmes. In white. Same, same. <laughs> yeah, and for me, um, Rodarius. This is this is the big question. Rodarius Williams to me is tailor made for this kind of defense. He is a strictly man cover corner, and while he is not a lockdown man cover corner, he is fast enough and good enough to hang with wide receivers long enough for the blitz to get there. So he is made for this defense. How healthy he is is totally up for grabs, and he's not their draft pick. So there's mm-hmm. no onus for them to actually keep him. Between Darren Evans, Zion Gilbert, to me, it's like a flip a coin thing because either way, I think this corner is on another roster. Agreed. We, and we, we've been saying that, I think even we went back to kind of our um, uh, getting under the cap number way back when we were talking about, you know, looking for a cornerback is going to be somewhere else and we'll be mm-hmm. practicing another team preseason. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, going to safeties, this one was a little bit... This one was pretty easy. I, I, I fudged because one guy already got cut. Mm-hmm. But uh, McKinney and Love, followed by Belton and Trenton Thompson. And then I had Yusuf Corker in red. He was the last guy that I kept, and he got cut today. So Yeah, I had him on the practice squad, but he, he's gone. Yeah. He might well, be I mean, back. He could he might still be back. Be back. Yeah. Could be back. yeah. Um, Trenton Thompson definitely jumped him on the depth chart. We could see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um linebackers. I'm going to say this about the defense. I said this a couple weeks ago and I'm going to stand by. I think this defense will make linebackers look better than they are. And I said that before, but it's like there's no way that all these guys are suddenly really good. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> that I went with four off-ball linebackers, so this is not edge guys. Okay. This is just the the inside guys, Blake Martinez, Tay Crowder, Micah McFadden, and then I I Austin Cletro to me has earned that spot. Okay. Uh, I had him in red, but I think he's got it. So you have Cotter Coughlin out, and yep. you have Cam Brown out. Cam Brown I have in, but not as a linebacker. I have him in with the special teamers. Okay. Because to, to me, the reason he's making it is for that, because he didn't really look like sh- nothing at linebacker anyway. Because uh, I, I had him in, but okay. Yeah, I have him in. I just I have him under special teams. Okay. Um, so we have the same group then, pretty much. Yep. Uh, yep. I don't I don't have Carter Coughlin, though. I had him out. You have him out. Okay. Maybe going back to the practice squad. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, edge guys. Thibodeau, Ojolari, Jihad Ward, O'Shane Ziminis, And then I have Quincy Roche um, in red. I think Quincy Roche deserves to be on this team. I think he's a good player that they can develop. He's really young. Um, but for some reason, this, this coaching staff doesn't really like him. So I kept wanting to take him off because I don't think he's going to make it. For, I can't tell you why. But I couldn't justify it, man. And, and maybe my justification was maybe on the other side of the ball with Tanner Hudson or, or some shit like that. But um, I, cu- I couldn't justify not having Roche on there. I had him out. Okay. <laughs> That's easy. Because <laughs> I think I, I was reading the tea leaves like you were referring to. Like, does this coaching staff really believe in him? And I just didn't think so. And I think, again, you can go a year younger, you know, 
and they, they'll move on from him. And that just leaves us, well, special teams, but uh, the defensive line. Defensive line. Yeah, I have four guys, Leonard Williams, Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, uh, Ellis, I think has played very well, and Ooh. so did Jalen Holmes, in my opinion. I have him in red. I was really close to adding another one with Nick Williams as well, but uh, this one was really hard because you also have DJ Davidson, who is a draft pick, and he started to come on a little bit there. But but how many defensive linemen is this defense going to really hang on to? And can DJ Davidson slip to the practice squad? I know he's a fifth-round pick, but he wasn't even on my big board. Uh, I, I don't know. What do you well, think? Well, let's put it this way. I'm thinking ahead now. Uh, is there any chance that Leonard Williams is not on this team next year? There's a chance, but I think they're actually better served uh, keeping him long-term. Dexter Lawrence? Dexter Lawrence, I think, is a 50-50 shot. I think you can make a real financial argument that it's cheaper to give Dexter Lawrence a deal in the middle of this season than it is to try and replace him. Okay. So I was just thinking that, you know, you might have some real turnover next year. You might. You know, and maybe you want to keep some of these guys around and see if you can sneak them through the practice squad to develop. Like you were talking about somebody earlier, you know, and then have that continuity. So where did you land? Was there anybody that you had that I didn't? Um, I had um, I had Davidson in. Yeah, yeah, Davidson. Yeah, that and that's probably my my corker. I went mm-hmm. corker there. I should have probably went DJ Davidson. Uh, my justification. Anyway, I finished this at one in the morning. I was tired, so maybe that justification <laughs> of slipping him through to the practice squad and needing more DBs is kind of where I was going, mm-hmm. uh, but. It, I just find it unlikely for them to not have a guy that they drafted. Well, I did mine on Oxy, so. <laughs> oh, so what's my excuse? Um, <laughs> special teams, Gano, Gillen, Kreider, yeah? Yep, same, yeah. same, same. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was what I went with there. Uh, so, so far, my roster is not correct since I've already screwed up one guy. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, this was one that, you know, I didn't feel real good about this. We could have had one guy from another team join or seven, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it really could be anything. Projecting this was kind of weird. And how again, do you feel just ha- go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, going back to the injury thing, you know, there's a few guys that are not on this list that we'd have liked to have been, but are gone from, you know, out for the year, but uh, not, you know, not 12, 13 guys, I guess. Yeah. Colin um, Johnson, linebacker. Uh, Andre Miller, I think they mm-hmm. were counting on a little bit. Ricky Seals Jones. Um, well, they're definitely counting on him for sure. They were, yeah. Uh, too bad. Yeah. Uh, he's also not that good. So the fact that he came in, yeah. I but that's less, that's less than ten percent. I, I, you know, it doesn't sound horrible. It does not. Um. So what was your question? How do you feel about this roster? About this team? I think it's a good start. I I think it's a functional enough offense that they can start implementing what they want to do on offense. Like, you know, when you got to the second half of last year, they couldn't do anything, right? And we know all the reasons why, but you can't advance what you're trying to do when you are down to a guy who's not an NFL quarterback, receivers who shouldn't be in the NFL, an offensive line, guys they got off the street. I mean, this may not be a very good roster. This may not be a playoff roster, but I think you can start implementing what you want to do 
offensively and defensively with your schemes. And then you just upgrade the talent going forward. So um, it's like everything, you know, if we could stay healthy, get a couple of breaks, maybe the record will be a little better than we're hoping for. If we get some critical injuries in tough spots, we get thin very quickly, it becomes a disaster. But I think this is about, about again, back to my injury thing. This is slightly better than I was hoping for it to be at this point right now, getting into the season. So 17 and Oh, got it. That's interesting. Hey, maybe someone else is on Oxy. That might be <laughs> you. Um, to say how you feel. I feel okay. Um, this is now in the moment of, uh, you know, it's easy to say at the end of last year and you're hiring all these guys like, oh, next year is going to be bad, but you know, it's all part of building. This is really restarting, whatever. And now we're in it and I have to go to spend money and then stand there and for three and a half hours and get spanked and be like, well, you know, it's all part of the process. Um, but I, I feel okay. I feel, I feel all right. Um, I think that uh, I'm just more than anything excited to see, even in the preseason with vanilla stuff, it was exciting to see an offense that looked like an NFL offense. Uh, I'll take it even a step further that looked like more of a modern NFL offense. Right. I mean, we didn't just see receivers going 10 yards and turning around. Right. We saw, you know, different, uh, you know, different progressions of receivers doing some different things. Now, I mean, the execution may not have been there just yet, and you might have had a hundred percent effort for some guys. But also those, those, those throws that are only going three or four, five yards past the line of scrimmage, those checkdowns are actually open now. They're not the only thing that he right. can throw. They're the most open thing, and there's a bunch of yak happening. Whereas and, in the past, those guys were literally just running three yards and just getting And smacked. they're not trying to kill themselves in a preseason game either. They're not, yeah. they're not going all out for that extra yard. They're not going to lay themselves out. They're making I, – I heard somebody, I think it was yesterday, was like, well, that was a business decision. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, they're all business decisions. These are all business decisions in preseason. <laughs> the money is, you know, what you do in the regular season. If you get laid out in a preseason game and you're out on injured reserve, you're out for the year, there's no business to be made. Joe Shane is open for business. He's open for business. All right. Um, this is going to be, like I said, a hectic week of roster shifting. We are not going to be doing an episode every time they sign a new guy. If there is something massive that happens, like somebody huge is cut or somebody huge is signed, we will most likely be doing an episode. But mm -hmm. for just about everything else, uh, just follow us on Twitter, football underscore grump, at the cranky fan, um, where we'll, we'll have stuff to say when it happens then. And in, in the meantime, we'll catch up with all of you next week with all the roster shifting. But before that, at the end of the week, College football officially, officially kicks off on Saturday this week. Thank Christ. So we will be talking <laughs> a little bit about names to keep an eye on throughout the year for the Giants, through the draft, and this weekend, just some guys to start taking a look at. Yeah, I'm, I'm heading on a plane down to Gainesville this weekend to see Florida-Utah. So there'll be a bunch of uh, guys on offense and defense that I want you to kind of, if you're going to be watching that game, you know, keep an eye out for it because... Um, Players of need and positions of need for us that, uh, you know, could be fun to watch throughout the season. That's right. And all of that stuff can be found on our YouTube page as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, etc. So be sure to follow us there so you can get all this cool shit. And <laughs> we will see you guys next time. Go Giants. Go Giants.